Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You're listening to the Northtown Automotive Extra Point Show with Sal Capaccio. Brought to you by Northtown Automotive. Whatever you're looking for, you'll find it at Northtown. Shop online at northtownauto.com. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you today on the Nortown Automotive Extra Point Show. Nortown Automotive. Whatever you're looking for, you'll find it at Nortown. Shop online at nortownauto.com. Sal Capaccio, Zach Jones. You know what? Not only that, Zach, but whenever you call, you're getting we're getting connected with our fans. And that's also brought to you by Nortown Kia, Western New York's number one Kia dealer. Shop online at NorthtownKia.com. So, yeah, just uh, walking around the room here. A lot of the um, a lot of those national shows, you get the morning shows, but, you know, midday shows, like I got, I see Chris Sims and Florio about to get going here. They're doing some recording. Judy Batista's walking right by me right now. She's been a part of the uh, NFL, you know, competition committee, stuff that's being discussed. Let's, let's, let's go down that road for a second. You know, the, the competition committee, the rules. Things like that. Um, Sean McDermott didn't really give any indication on how he's leaning on some of these, but this is where you lay the groundwork for some of these rules that could potentially be changed. There, there is a sentiment, Zach, in in this league to do something about kickoffs because it's largely become kind of a throwaway play, but with a very high with a very high um, concussion rate. Actually, right now. Going to walk over, Zach. I got a Didi Kinkawaba from CBS Sports. How are you? I'm great, Sal. What's going on with you? I can't believe that I missed the major news about the pacemaker. Oh, thank you so much. No, it's a... Uh, Phenomenal. I, I'm sort of doubting the news. I appreciate you don't that. look like someone who just had surgery. Well, you know what? For me, it's just... we're like I'm like the Energizer Bunny, like you. We're very similar. You just keep going, right? No matter what. Well, there's no choice, right? That's, what else can we do? That's exactly right. How is your Bills fan's son? That's what I want to know. He is doing so well. And let me tell you a little story. I've got a few stories, actually. But one, Jay Harris, the phenomenal Jay Harris, happened to mention to somebody in the Bills marketing department something about Nico, or maybe she already knew about Nico. I have no idea. But a few weeks ago, a package shows up at my door. Bills pencils, a Bills mini mafia water bottle, a Josh Allen picture, autographed Josh Allen picture. My husband, I mean, my son, lost his mind. He was so excited. What a statement on how great the Bills organization is. My husband lost his, my son lost his mind. He was so excited. 
and my husband lost his mind. He was so angry. And he said, why do we have so much Bill stuff in our house? All this Bill stuff. He's a Steelers fan, right? He's a Steelers season ticket holder. Six years. His son has refused to drop the Bills. And now it's gotten to the point where my husband and I are actively fighting about this. It's a football team. Let the kid root for who he wants to root for. No doubt. And, no doubt. and I think we've, we've, we've talked about it. We've we, we got to get him over to a Bills game, hang out. He's got to th- How old is he now? He's eight. He just cannot jump through any tables and no. definitely not flaming tables. No, I'm the same way. My son's 10. They could just play catch in the parking lot if that's cool. Perfect. Right. That'll work. <laughs> Funny that you say catch. I'm coaching my son's flag football team. I love it. Yes, and I've spent three years trying to convince him he wants to be a safety, not a quarterback, except the kid throws the best spiral on the team. So he is my quarterback, and he does also play safety. And we tied on Saturday because we gave up eight points in the last three minutes, a touchdown and a two-point conversion, and it was all my fault. We were playing a cover two, and we probably should have played man, but I don't know how to teach eight-year-olds how to play man, and it is still eating at me, Sal. Like, no, listen, spoken like a true coach. You've you're uh, you, you got a lot of coach speak. Tell me about that. People do this for a living. Like, if three days later a flag football result is eating at me, how do you do that as your job? Tell, tell me about this, about your coaching and flag football. I mean, we've seen women's sports, flag football growing. We have colleges now offering scholarships for flag football. Kids, it's where my son's playing. We're, you know, I played when I was in third grade, tackle football. You don't see that as much anymore. It's really growing the game at that level. It really is. And you know what? They're learning so many necessary skills besides just the catching and the throwing. It's even the the handoffs. Don't toss the handoffs. Stick it in his belly. It's learning how to read a guy's hips. As when you're playing defense, it's obviously we're playing a lot of zone defense and I think we should have played man, but we can't play man with eight year olds because, you know, all those misdirection runs. But anyway, I got into it because two falls ago, so not last fall, but the previous fall, my son was playing flag football. I obviously missed all the games because I'm gone on the weekends. There was one weekend where I made a game and I'm the parent that, yes, on the bench says, put your hands up, watch the quarterback. And my husband kept saying to me, that Steelers fan husband kept saying to me, shut up, stop talking, quiet. And I'm saying to my husband, I'm just offering professional encouragement. Let me do what I am wanting to do. My son walks off the field. And he looks at me and he says, Mommy, next season, can you coach us? I love it. I love it. Next season rolls around and the league says it needs some volunteer coaches. And my hoity-toity husband says, well, you can put your money where your mouth is. And So So you're doing it. I do. You know what? But I really like coaching the defense more than I do calling plays. So I don't call plays. You look like you want to to, to put the helmet on and just get get after someone and, and drill them to the ground. So much more sense to play defense. Would you rather have 11 crazy guys chasing you or would you rather do the hitting? It's get hit or or hit someone else. Be the ha- be the hammer, not the nail, right? Exactly. All right. So you talk about the Bills organization being so good and strong. We know they have a strong organization. They've won four straight division titles, but there just seems like this feeling of can we ever get over the Kansas City Chiefs? You've been around the Pittsburgh Steelers a long time, Mike Tomlin. You've seen these cycles and other teams. Can you give Buffalo fans hope? that they can still do this with Josh Allen and Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean? So Dan Campbell last year, I remember, not this past season, but the season before, before they started their run, I remember saying to him, you have a young team and you've been in all these close games. How do you teach a team how to win a close game? And he said to me, you know what Bill Parcells used to say about that? The way you teach a team to win close games 
is by winning a close game. And so I was on the sideline for Westwood One in that Bills-Chiefs game. And all through that game, the Bills sideline was exactly what you'd want to see, focused, on task, no nerves, no anxiety, everything was. And as you know, it was a blow for blow for blow. Great game. We got to the fourth quarter. And there was a marked difference on the two sidelines. The Chiefs, it felt like, just settled in. The sense was almost, ooh, a close game in the fourth quarter. We've got them exactly where we want them. The Bills, it felt like the chatter picked up a little bit, that there was a little bit more freneticness, a frenetic energy to what was going on. And I would never say that this is what someone was thinking, but from afar, it almost felt like, uh-oh, is this a here we go again? And I think that the Bills just need to get over that hump, which they will. They will. They're built way too well not to. There's way too much talent. That's a quarterback that can put his team on his shoulders and can go ahead and win. I would have liked to see him run a little bit more in the second half of that game. But, of course, the Chiefs were using a spy in there. You know, anyway, but I really do believe in the Bills, and not only because I need my 8-year-old happy. That is an interesting perspective. Uh, you have covered and you do closely the Pittsburgh Steelers. What are they going to do at quarterback? I don't, you know what? I haven't been around the Steelers for two years, really, since I've been doing sidelines. But I, uh, Kenny Pickett deserves a real chance with a real offensive coordinator, which is what he has in Arthur Smith, running a real offense with his wide receivers being held to account for the way that they behave. And I think that we sometimes minimize how much coaching matters. I mean, look at Ken Dorsey obviously has a new job with the Browns, and I spend a lot of time with the Browns, so we hope that that's a great fit just in general for everyone at large. But uh, you see the difference that when Joe Brady came in, and all of a sudden, doesn't Josh Allen look better? And it's not even about what Joe Brady's doing. It's just being more conscientious with the way you run the ball, being more conscious in how you run the ball. It's organizing the offense in a certain way. And so I feel like Kenny Pickett has not had the benefit of operating in a real NFL offense that challenged defenses. So before... Do I know if he's the answer yet? I don't, I don't know that. I, w I want to believe he is because on a personal level, I really, really, really like him as a human being. But I think that we need to see him operate in an actually functional offense before we make a decision on whether he is the answer or not. This is cool, isn't it? It's always great to come here. Indy's a great city, isn't it? Um, it is. It's one of my favorite cities. I was just telling someone that this is still my all-time favorite Super Bowl. Really? Oh, yeah. It was, remember, it was the Giants, the Patriots. It was the Mario Manningham catch, not the David Tyree catch. And the weather was unbelievable. And there were friendly volunteers at every corner. And everything is walking distance. And if it were cold, you can walk inside. It's just it's a friendly, great city with good food and fun people. Well, I, love this I can't wait to see you on the sidelines again another Bills game this year because I love rocking and rolling down there with you. It's awesome. Thanks so much, Sal. Right, you Stay got healthy. it. Thank you. I appreciate that. Aditi Kinkawabla, uh, she is at CBS, and she's on the sidelines doing a great job. She was at Westwood One on the radio for the Bills Chiefs. Wow, what a perspective right there, Zach. Did you hear that? Fourth quarter, she said the body language was a little different between the two sides. And I think that is something to note and talk about from an outside perspective. You know, I'm on the Bills' sideline only. I'm not over on the Chiefs' sideline. She's kind of getting that entire view, and she says, yeah, Chiefs kind of handled the fourth quarter like, okay, fourth quarter. Bills kind of were a little bit more frenetic, and things kind of just, you know, got a little tighter for them. Ross Tucker brought that up when in, in some, one of his final appearances with the Show and the Bulldog for this season, that it's just like, 
he remembered when he was playing those Patriot teams of the early 2000s of like they just had that feeling about them that they were going to get it done. Like they've they've been here, they've done that. Teams have thrown their best punch and they stood tall. And like that's what makes them a dynasty. They keep winning and teams I I do think do get tighter. I mean, look at the Baltimore game, Sal, right? I mean, that team was run heavy all year. That's how they'd won games. They get the one seed, they go up against Kansas City and they seemingly throw it all out the door. I, I I think that's a real thing. It is a real mental advantage. And I don't want to say I'm I'm not surprised by it because it, it kind of feels like I'm trashing the Bills a little bit there. But in a way, I'm not. I mean, Kansas City has been there and done that where Buffalo, you beat them in the regular season. But you know for these players, it's gnawing at the back of their minds, but you didn't beat them in the playoffs. You had them, but then you didn't. And, and it gnaws at them, I would imagine. Yeah, you know, somebody had said to me once, and I think this is really interesting, that, you know, the, the Bills teams of the first when they started, when they broke the drought, right? They broke the drought. They go in the playoffs. Obviously, they lost against Houston, but, hey, it was all about breaking the drought. And those teams for the next couple of years were bonded together by breaking the drought, right? Like, that, that was their thing. We broke the drought. It was such a positive bonding experience as a family in that locker room. And then 13 seconds happened. And for the next couple of years, it felt like, and it feels like, they're kind of bonded by that and not getting over it, which is the other side, the negative. And it doesn't mean they can't, doesn't mean they won't, but until they do, that's what that group is kind of in that moment maybe thinking about instead of all the, you know, breaking the drought back six, seven years ago, whatever it was now, and thinking about how incredible that was together. And now it's about a really, really awful situation that they didn't close it out, that they're kind of bonded by. And I think that's an interesting perspective when you talk about the roster, and of course, it's not all the same players now, and you're going to have some more roster turnover, but maybe that's a little bit of why you do have to have some roster turnover to get people who've had different perspectives who weren't here for that. It's the same conversation, Zach, where Sabres players say mm-hmm. that we aren't a part of the drought, don't boo us, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you get new players in here for the Bills, it's like, well, they weren't a part of 13 seconds. It's a new perspective. We're going to remember it. Fans are going to think about it. We're going to think about their coach and the GM and everybody's a part of it. But it, there is something to be said for that, and I think in going through that experience positively and then negatively. I, I completely agree. And, and, and as fans, we get the fun experience of having all of the trauma. We don't get to quit the team unless like you truly are just done with them. But it's it's been a thing that I've been thinking about a lot this offseason of, you know, again, they, they will – They've been eliminated in the playoffs now two straight times at home, which is not something great. But I, I kind of have been sitting there about this, like almost excited that this team will get younger, that we will get new faces because, Sal, I think you're spot on. Like It went from this team was all about we broke the drought, we did that in our first year together, now we're getting good. And yeah, 13 seconds does seem to be that that line of demarcation of of now it's you know for lack of a better term it's trauma bonding almost where they had them and then it's just ripped away from you, and now their entire existence has kind of become you got to get over the Kansas City Chiefs and then as it feels like you're going to do that the Cincinnati Bengals arrive on the scene and then you lose to them at home after a truly horrifying uh, year of events um, two seasons ago and yeah it's just right it it does it, 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 maybe it's it's I'm being a bit too poetic about it, but it almost does kind of feel like this team does need to break apart a little bit because of everything that's gone on for the Bills organization to kind of heal and move forward. Well, Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean said they're not going to tear it down to the studs, 
But one team that is going through a transition and starting over again is the New England Patriots. Ben Volan of the Boston Globe joins me. Always great to see you, buddy. What's up, Sal? How you doing? I'm, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Always great seeing you out at these events. And really, for the better part of 20 years, I know you were covering the Dolphins but when you were covering the Patriots. It was, how are the Patriots going to keep the machine running? Now it's a totally different question about the Patriots and how they can kind of reset everything. Is that kind of the approach this offseason? Uh, no question. They ripped the Band-Aid off. You know, Belichick. Uh, gone for the first time since 1999. I mean, a quarter century he was the head coach, and everything around the football operation revolved around him, scouting, free agency, draft. It's all, it was all Belichick, and now it's a new day. It's Elliot Wolf and Gerard Mayo are running the show now. And Elliot Wolf, first of all, it's been a total 180 as far as just the mood around the team. It's been very friendly, very media friendly, which I know the fans don't necessarily care about. They All they care about is can you win, but... Um, you know, Gerard Mayo has been great to deal with. Elliot Wolf doing a press conference. The Patriots haven't had someone do a press conference at the Combine in over 10 years. Elliot Wolf gets up and he, you know, it's like they're a normal team again. So that, that's been a breath of fresh air. And then Elliot Wolf w- was open about talking about they've changed kind of their grading system and they're implementing a lot of what he learned from the Packers. He's the son of Hall of Fame uh, front office exec Ron Wolf, who was kind of the architect of the Packer way up there. And Elliot Wolf grew up in that system as well. And they're going to bring a lot of the Packer philosophies, it sounds like, to New England, not only with you know the schemes that they're running on offense should be a lot more uh, zone-based now and West Coast offense-based. But um, you know they're going to. I think they're going to try to draft a quarterback, but sit him like what the Packers always do, and and take the long, the long run, uh, the long term view of developing quarterbacks and um, a system where a, a real emphasis on drafting and developing and retaining your own players, which is something the Patriots really got away from. So it, it's definitely a new day here in New England now. So is it definitely quarterback at three for them, or could you see a scenario where they'd go a different direction? I'd be very surprised if they pass on a quarterback. Um, there are three, from what everyone says, there are three excellent quarterbacks in this draft, and they're guaranteed to get one of them. So, I, you know, you, you never know when you're going to be drafting this high again. The Patriots has been a long time since they've had the excitement of a young potential franchise quarterback. You know, Mac Jones kind of fell to them at 15. He was the fifth guy drafted. Um, I'll be curious to see if the Patriots make a play for a guy that they um, – target or if they just wait to see who falls to them at three not exactly the most inspiring plan but at the same time if you love drake may and if you love Jaden daniels i think that's probably the way to go where you don't have to give up any uh, other assets to, to you know get a quarterback but whether it's daniels heisman trophy winner a playmaker or may who just you know is the classic quarterback prospect big strong arm great athlete um, I definitely think that's where the Patriots are going. All right, so how do you bridge the gap to that guy if he does sit? Because there's been a lot of talk about moving on from Mac Jones at his age. If you're going to go with another guy, it makes sense. You'd have to go out and maybe get a veteran. What do they do in the meantime? Yeah, I think Mac Jones is probably going to get traded, so I think he's probably out of the equation. They still do have Bailey Zappi, who I think could be that bridge guy. Uh, he's still under contract for two more years at league minimum. So, you know, I, I thought he got better as the games went on last year, his opportunity you know, I don't know if you can count on him to start 17 games, but Zappi could be that bridge guy. Um, otherwise, you know, I'm looking at someone like maybe Jacoby Brissett, who has some history with Alex Van Pelt and the offense. He, he played for them in Cleveland a couple of years ago. Uh, I don't think it's going to be Justin Fields or Kirk Cousins. I don't think the Patriots want to make kind of that big of a play. Um you know, some, someone of the level of a Jacoby Brissett who can go in and kind of be your leader 
And if you have Brissett and Zappi, that gives you, I think, enough protection where you can be patient with that quarterback prospect. All right, let me ask you about two pending free agents for the Patriots that we get asked about in Buffalo. Kyle Duggar, safety. Bills have to replenish their safety spot with Hyde and Poyer and question marks there. And then Kendrick Bourne, I know he had the injury, but you know what is your view of those two players and what they bring to the table? Yeah, Kendrick Bourne had a really unfortunate ACL tear because he was having a, a really solid season last year. It was a, a big bounce-back year. Um, not surprisingly, a contract year for him. So to tear your ACL in your contract year is brutal. Um, he was all over Radio Row at the Super Bowl, kind of uh, you know selling himself, which you know they're trying to drum up a market for him. I have a feeling that a, a veteran receiver coming off an ACL, it's going to take him some time to sign. But I do think the Patriots would like to have him back. I think he would like to come back to New England. Um, Kyle Duggar, we'll see. I, I, I like him. I think the Patriots should consider the franchise tag with him. It'd be about $17 million this year. The problem with the Patriots is they just they stopped. Um, the few picks that they did hit on in, in the draft, they let all these guys walk. Uh, they have to start retaining their own players. And to me, Kyle Duggar may not be perfect. He's a great athlete. He's tremendous in the box. Not as good in the center fielder role. He's He struggles a little bit in space. But he's such a great athlete and really coming into his own as a prime and is a versatile guy who can play up close to the line, can can blitz if he needs to, can play back, play the run. Uh, to me, the Patriots have to bring him back. So I, I think they're going to be retaining, you know, Hunter Henry is someone I think they need to bring back. Uh, Michael Nwenu on the offensive line. I Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I think they're going to be bringing back most of their own guys this year. Are you looking forward to play some golf at St. John Fisher in Rochester this year? We need to do that again. I mean, line it up. Let's go, Sal. <laughs> I'm ready. Who cares about football? Let's go play some golf. Let's do it. I know you're busy. Thanks for your time, man. Always appreciate talking with you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much. All right. That is Ben Volin of the Boston Globe. All right, Zach. So uh, the New England Patriots. Jaden, who do you like out of the three, Zach, by the way, or the two? Uh, May or Daniels? Might have been talking about this a little bit earlier, but what do you, what do you think about the, the difference between the two? I'm more of a May guy because I was a big fan of him in his sophomore year. Uh, I also like the fact that he's a little bit younger than Jaden Daniels. And Daniels, I, say, I don't know if you've watched too much of Jaden Daniels. He takes some of the most absurd hits any quarterback in existence has ever taken. He will leap over the <laughs> offensive line. Yes, and just yes, I have out. seen that. And he, he, he's <laughs> such a fun athlete to watch. And I honestly, I don't really think you can do bad with either of them. I, I really do like both. I'm more of a May guy. I will tell you, though, listening to Ben say that, I'm now leaning off my, my take that they're, that they're going to trade the number three overall pick or just take a wide receiver. Because as an NFL fan, I love that they're going to do this. As a Bills fan, I hate the fact that they're going to kind of play it smart and, and let their guys develop and, and maybe sit for a little while before you go in and, and really get ready for the NFL system. 
you know, and also maybe before like the talent is totally there. I I like hearing that. It's just frustrating because I would have liked the Patriots to be in irrelevancy for a little bit longer. Sure. What about the market for Mac Jones? I mean, I can't imagine oh, there's – that's a really tricky one for me because I know Bills fans love to make fun of Mac Jones. Let me just say this. Mac Jones has played some good football in two years. I know it wasn't as much last year. His rookie year, he played some good football, and they went to the playoffs. And I do think that there's – he's still young. He's on a rookie contract. There's going to be a team out there who's going to say, you know what, we really liked him in the draft process. We think we can get something out of him. That If it doesn't, he might be able to bridge another guy, or maybe he is the guy – I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a little bit more than people might anticipate. I think so, too, because you, you said it right there, too. His rookie year was very good, gets him to the playoffs, and he looked like he was kind of going to develop into a really good guy. And I joked about it, but like they brought a defensive guy to call plays, like to the point where Jones is going back to Alabama desperately asking like what to do, and he, and he caused a lot of friction within New England doing so. His development was just stabbed in the back almost feels like it just it, it really seemed like the Patriots had no idea what to do with a young quarterback I wonder who's going to be in form you know Atlanta's going to be a team I think is looking for a quarterback potentially a bridge if they're not able to trade up Pittsburgh of course could be a team that tries to do that especially with what's going on with Mason Rudolph and Kenny Pickett are they going to be in for fields but he also feels like the most prototypical Kyle Shanahan quarterback and it's almost a shame that they do have Brock Purdy because I could see him landing there so fast. Because I, I'm, so you probably remember the rumors when San Francisco had mm. that their overall mm-hmm. pick. That was the guy. It was Mac Jones? That's right. But, there was a lot of that. Talk, but then they, right? they take Trey Lance, and now it's just I. I almost I feel like it's going to have to be something like Minnesota with Kevin O'Connell potentially, where you know just run the system. You have Justin Jefferson. You got Jordan Addison. You know, and just and run our system maybe, but. I feel like the perfect team for him already has kind of their version of Mac Jones, I guess. Sal Capaccio, Zach Jones is the Northtown Automotive Extra Point Show here on WGR Sports Radio 550, live from the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back here. Brandon Bean scheduled to meet with the media. He's going to be at one of the podiums here on the floor of the NFL Scouting Combine at the Indiana Convention Center at 1.15 p.m. today, so he'll be live here on WGR during One Bills Live. In the meantime, we'll take a timeout. We'll come back here on the Northtown Automotive Extra Point Show. You've got to be able to get the ball either thrown down the field or you've got to be able to complete it short and then have it run down the field, whether it's via rack or throwing the ball down the field and and completing it on deeper passes. So the, the game's changing a little bit too, though, with defenses going to more split safety looks and more zone versus man. And so it's kind of forcing quarterbacks or offenses to be a little bit more patient at times. So the value of rack is important then. If you're going to throw it short, you better be able to take it from 5 to 15 or to 50. And I think that's an important piece as well. That is Buffalo Bills head coach Sean McDermott from yesterday when he spoke with the media for around a half hour as well. And if you didn't miss that, you can find that on the Odyssey app or on our website, WGR550.com. And that has been something it feels like the Bills offense has been searching for for three, four years, uh, especially Yak. And that is where, for me, it's why, and we'll hear from Sal Capaccio here in, just, uh, in probably in just a few minutes. I mean, obviously, he's been saying it all morning. He's in Indianapolis. He's at the Combine. He's talking to people, trying to get people on the show. We've already had the likes of Ben Volin, uh, Didi Kinkabwala, uh, among others as well, John Harris for Houston. So, you know, we're going to be getting guests. But Sal brought up in the first hour, K.J. Hamler being brought in. 
absolute speed demon of wide receiver coming out and and he was in Denver for quite a few years but injuries ultimately derailed his career he even had a heart issue as well to start this season and so it's his his career really never was able to get off the ground but he was a second round pick with a ton of speed and he's somebody that I I feel like the Bills offense is going to start leaning into because it's now gotten to a point with the Bills offense. Yes, they are good because Allen is very good. That O line is very good. Stephon Diggs is very good, and we've seen you know really really you know kind of I, I would say like almost like special traits out of Dalton Kincaid and and big flashes from Dawson Knox, but they've just never had that guy that seemingly can take a five yard slant turn it upfield, and it's a 30, 40-yard play where you look at the Miami Dolphins, and, and we can complain about all the issues they have, but that's a lot of their offenses. Don't make everything so difficult for Tua Tungavailoa. And you see kind of how um, Kansas City kind of handles it too. They don't have a ton of yak either, but they made sure to get guys who were fast, who can get open, who can you know take some of the load off of their all-world quarterback. It seems like the Bills just haven't been able to do that these last few years. Hopefully, they're going to turn this corner with just how good this wide receiver class is. Troy Franklin and Brian Thomas Jr. are two guys who are talked about a ton there. Franklin's probably the guy I may be most excited to see test this week. Uh, Saturday is going to be when we'll have quarterbacks, wide receivers, and running backs. But for him especially, like I, I know it's a it's a big talking point this week of do you want you know the guys you like to test poorly? And as a Bills fan, sure, I want Troy Franklin to run like the four fours, and all of a sudden like his speed is not what you thought it was. As an NFL fan, as a as a draft junkie, I want him to run like the four twos, guys. Like I just I want to see how good these guys can be. And then I'm, I'm going to complain as he's taken at pick 15 instead of 28 for the Bills. But then there's other guys even like Jalen Polk. Well, I've talked a lot to uh, Josh about uh, off-air and even some on-air. Just He's somebody I'm higher on than maybe some others. And it's because I think he could be a really good complement to Stephon Diggs and really kind of replace... Gabe Davis in a lot of the roles he did outside of just going deep. He's a very, very good blocker. He's a physical wide receiver. He has no problem getting his hands dirty. He's a good route runner as well. He's going to add some speed. He's somebody I can't wait to see the run the 40 and just how fluid he is coming in and out of his routes. He is he is a receiver I am so, so high on in this draft class. I, I wouldn't say I'd be comfortable taking him at 28, and that's mainly just due to positional value. I think that there's just going to be other positions they can go get if – you know, he's the only guy left there, but the Bills could also be like me and have him maybe a little bit higher than some others. But I did want to jump here real quick and just talk about Bears GM Ryan Poles. He was speaking with the media, I think about a half hour ago, and he was asked, of course, about quarterback Justin Fields and what is going on there. What is the plan? You know, are they, are they fielding calls for the number one overall pick? Are they fielding calls for Fields? And really where I just want to talk about this is just kind of what Polls said. It was essentially just like they want to trade fields before free agency because they want to do right by the player. They want to do right by fields. And and I and I just I, – I do love hearing stuff like that because a lot of times we can all kind of get lost in – Players are just players, and they're just and they're just chess pieces on our favorite teams. But Fields has done really everything he can for that organization. He's gone through a number of OCs here. He kind of got brought into a really broken organization. I mean, his first head coach was essentially a dead man walking his whole first year to the extent that he did not formulate an offense around him. He formulated it around Andy Dalton because he needed to keep his job. And so Fields has been the you know consummate worker for them. Fans adore him there. And while I'm somebody that does want them 
to trade fields either to someone like Atlanta or Pittsburgh and, and go get Caleb Williams because I think it would just be financially sound, let alone, you know, the talent-wise between Fields and Williams. I do like Williams a lot. I think a lot of people know that have listened to this station a lot know that I'm a huge Justin Fields truther. But I, I, I like that Poles is going to do right by him. I also think, though, to be perfectly honest, I don't think the Bears are that far off. I think if you, I think if you get a guy like a Caleb Williams in there, you already have DJ Moore, a team that was flirting with 500. I think it could be interesting, but it does kind of feel like until Fields is traded, the offseason can't totally begin. And Josh said we got Sal back. Yeah, yeah, right here, guys. Yeah, hey, uh, Trevor Sikamas joining me right now. Tampa Bay Trey uh, online. You might know him, and uh, obviously big, big time into the draft, and obviously the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as well. But uh, good to talk to you, man. Good to see you. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on, man. This is uh, this is great. You got a full mobile operation going on right here. It is unbelievable. Everybody's asking me, "What are you doing? You're walking around live." I'm like, "Yeah, my uh, my company takes care of me here. I got this little uh, thing on my phone that I can literally walk around. It sounds like I'm in the studio. It's crystal clear. And I can walk around and see people like you and say you want to go on the radio. And you're like, let's do it. All right, so let's talk about the draft a little bit. 2024 NFL draft. First of all, the combine. I mean, this thing has just grown, right? It's so big. You've been to any of these. Dude, I was talking to somebody the other day. They used to try to stick all the media people in a in a room that was like right outside where Radio Row is. And that was like in 2017. And then very quickly realized like, oh, that's not going to work anymore. And so now we're in a much bigger room. We've upgraded and everything. The amount of people that we have covering this event for this league, whether it's specifically for teams or individual outlets, like it's just awesome. It's, it's really cool to watch. This event grows as much as it has, and people care more about the draft because uh, I think it's a pretty cool uh, part of the football calendar. Well, back in 2017, we were still searching for a quarterback in Buffalo. Not the case anymore, but now the talk is still about surrounding Josh Allen with weapons. This is a deep wide receiver class. Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott keep mentioning explosive plays and getting the ball down the field, so we're kind of focused on that. Wide receivers, that group. Is this as good of a wide receiver class as you've seen that people are talking about? I think it's really deep. You know, I think that even at the top, like those three guys at the top, you got Romo Dunze, you got Malik Neighbors, you got uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. Like those dudes, and any of those three could be wide receiver ones. And we have them all in one single class right here. And then when you get past them, I think that some people focus too much at the top, but you realize guys like Troy Franklin, like A.D. Mitchell, like uh, like Brian Thomas Jr., like coming in that next category, like those dudes are also high-impact players. They could be that outside vertical, like you said, explosive play type of players. And so those are the three that continue to come to my mind. I think when I do these mock drafts for the Buffalo Bills specifically, if I'm ever looking back into the first round, Troy Franklin, Brian Thomas Jr., those are the two names that I continue to gravitate towards because I think it makes the most sense for them, right? You've got a do-it-all type of wide receiver in Stephon Diggs. I think you've got some really nice slide, uh, slot options if you want a smaller dude, a shiftier dude, if the game plan uh, gravitates more towards that player as your wide receiver three. I think Khalil Shakir's coming on very, very well. I think if you want a bigger body, you've got Dalton Kincaid that's sitting there as well. So I think both of those guys can really handle those slot responsibilities. And then I think certainly with Gabe Davis being a free agent, you're probably moving on from him. Getting that vertical presence, I think, would be huge to continuing to allow this offense to fire on all cylinders. What about value? Is it better value to get one of those guys at 28? You might get the fifth guy in the class, Brian Thomas, someone like that, Troy Franklin, which is a great value. Or do you wait? You go second and third round, fill another hole with 28. Yeah, you know, I, I, when I kind of look at it, like if, if, if they believe that wide receiver is their top need, I don't think you want to get too cute with it, okay? Because it's it's a deep class. There's a lot of wide receivers. So when I think of more vertical stretch guys, you know, think of Xavier Worthy is another name that, that comes to mind. Uh, Jamari Thrash, you know, like these are players who I think could be vertical stretching players for them, but they're a little bit more one-dimensional. So if you want a guy who it's not just that vertical threat, you're looking for a legit wide receiver too. So you want somebody that doesn't necessarily have a ton of holes in their game. And I think if that's the case, you'd rather invest 
that first round pick in one of those players that could be more of a well-rounded, full-time, yes, it's a vertical threat, yes, it's an explosive playmaker for you, but they're also somebody who you can put on the line of scrimmage, which allows Stefan Diggs to play off, you know, let him be the guy who's going through in pre-snap motion, let him be more of a flanker off the line of scrimmage, like, if you want that type of a player, I think you probably got to prioritize that pretty high in the draft. So if they don't go that direction, they can still get explosive playmaking. It's just maybe a little bit more streamlined in the role, not as versatile as a wide receiver that they might get at the back end of the first round. So I would say if they really want one, if they believe that's the area they got to hit, don't get too cute with it just because the draft is decently deep. Go get the guy that you think can really help out your team. The other position they have not had to address since 2017-18 is safety. But Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, we don't know either one of them if they'll be back. Hyde, obviously, not even under contract. Poyer is. What does the safety group look like, at least, and how do you think you should address it, especially in a world where teams kind of don't need that one high guy anymore the way the game is played? Right, and I think a lot of these guys in this class, it's a lot of players who can produce from those two high safety roles, and because they're not necessarily those single high players, maybe they're just not valued as high, but you know, I look at a guy like Tyler Newbin from Minnesota who... I think people talk down on this safety class, and they really, I think it's getting a bad rap. Now, like, Tyler Newbin, somebody who I think could be a long-time starter in this league. So back into the first round, if they were to go with Tyler, if, if they thought, hey, we think the scarcity of safety is a little bit worse than the scarcity of wide receiver, like, if they go Tyler Newbin in the first round, and they end up getting, like, an Xavier Worthy somewhere on day two, that's a really nice haul to me for what they would want. So even though I just kind of said, like, hey, if wide receiver's your top need, I think you should gravitate towards that in the first round. If a Tyler Newbin is sitting there, you really want to hit that safety position with somebody who's got starting caliber ability right away. He's somebody who you can invest in. And Kalen Bullock from USC, lighter dude, needs to tackle better, but man, he's got incredible range and coverage. So if you want to play more single high stuff, he gives you the ability to do that. And Cam Kinchins from Miami had a really good 2022 season. Not as impactful in 2023, but that's kind of how the safety position goes. So he's somebody I think you could invest in as well that could be really great. A dude who might be a little bit more of a sleeper, more of a mid-round guy, third, fourth-round guy who I think could be a starter at some point in the league is um, is uh, Taylor Dedarian um, Tomlinson, I believe, from uh, from Texas Tech. I mean, he is somebody who, when I watched him at the Shrine Bowl, he was all over the place. Like, day one, he was already communicating things with the install work. He already completely understood the playbook, picked it up very quickly, got an interception that second day because he was exactly where he needed to be, exactly where the ball ended up going. So, really great as a back-end defender. But those are a, t- a couple of, uh, of safety options that I think they could keep their eye on. What happens with Mike Evans? Uh, he's not getting out of Tampa. You're not gonna. You're not gonna. <laughs> I think yeah, I do. I do though. I think that they figure out a deal, especially since the salary cap went up a lot more than people thought yep. that it was going to. I think that only increases the flexibility of. Looks like Baker's going to be back. It looks like you know with Todd Bowles back, they're kind of bringing a lot of these pieces back. And I don't think you can do that and then realistically say like, yeah, Mike Evans, we're going to let him walk. We're not going to bring him back. So I think they're, they're going to do everything they can to get it done. I know there's a lot of teams out there that yes. to get their hands on Mike Evans, but I think it is more likely than not that he does stay in Tampa Bay. Hey man, tell everybody where they can find your stuff. I appreciate it. Yeah, pff.com. We actually just released the first version of our uh, 2024 draft guide this week, which has all sorts of great information on Hunter. 50 draft prospects are in there right now. You got the, uh, the, the the analysis, the trait breakdowns, uh, the tape breakdowns, strength and weaknesses, the advanced PFF data that a lot of people love that you can only get over at pff.com. So, uh, yeah, that's where you check it out. All right, Zach, you take it from here. I got to walk away here and talk with Trevor for a minute. All right, buddy? All right, Sal. Good stuff there. And oh, man, like the safety position is something. I heard Trevor bring that up there. 
And the safety position would be interesting because whenever we hear about where the Bills could go, if it's not wide receiver, it does seem to be defensive line, defensive tackle specifically. But safety especially, and I heard there, you know, Tyler Newman out of Minnesota could be somebody. I, I wonder what the response would be there from fans, especially if a lot of receivers go and it does end up being safety that ends up being the first round pick I think I'd be okay with it especially if Poyer and Hyde are both not back they need to get younger and in a way better there but the reaction there I just be very very interesting all right we're going to take a quick time out here you're listening to the Northtown Automotive Extra Point Show it's brought to you by Northtown Automotive whatever you're looking for you'll find it at Northtown shop online at northtownauto.com we'll be right back after a quick time out you're listening to the Extra Point Show here on WGR Welcome back to the Northtown Automotive Extra Point Show here on WGR. Sacapaccio had to step away as he gets ready for really the afternoon schedule to really open up over at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. And I do want to remind you that coverage on WGR of the NFL Combine is brought to you by Awaken 180 Weight Loss, Fast Sustainable Weight Loss, and then Free Support for Life, Awaken180WeightLoss.com. And by Outlet Liquor, when you need to stock up, it's the place to buy a case. What's your outlet? We heard from Bills head coach Sean McDermott yesterday in the late afternoon. We are expected to hear from Bills general manager Brandon Bean at around 1.15. He is scheduled to speak, so in about an hour and 15 minutes, I would imagine One Bills Live will be carrying that live. Uh, I do know as well they recorded a segment with Sean McDermott. They'll be playing that as well. And that's something I've enjoyed, just getting to hear you know, from really everyone, not just Bills uh, people, but really everyone. You can kind of get a sense of where everyone's sitting. I, I talked about Ryan Poles, the Bears GM, you know, he outright, you know, saying he doesn't believe Caleb Williams will not want to play at Chicago. He wants to do right by Justin Fields if they do decide to trade him and stuff like that. So a lot of fun. A little bit more on the combine, some news from today. Uh, all three of the top quarterbacks will not be throwing at the combine. Drake May uh, is now the latest. We knew Caleb Williams was not going to throw. We knew Jaden Daniels was not going to. And then Jordan Schultz of Bleacher Report reported about 10 minutes ago that Drake May also not expected to throw at the Combine. We do also have a Sabres game tonight. They are on the road, a two-game road trip down in Florida. They take on the Panthers tonight, and then Tampa Bay will be on Thursday. And for tonight, pregame's going to start at 6 for a 7 p.m. puck drop. It is an ESPN Plus game, but of course you can hear everything right here on WGR. Josh, how how are we feeling about tonight? How are we feeling, feeling about good. tonight? We're, feel, we're feeling good? We're I'm f- honestly feeling really good. Do you feel like the win streak continues? I'm not going to do that. You know <laughs> me. I'm not going to predict it, so I'm not going to talk about it anymore. But I am also a little concerned about uh, Jeff Skinner. We don't have any update on him We yet. don't have anything. Uh, Tyson Jost was recalled from Amherst yesterday, basically right after the announcement that Jeff Skinner was getting imaging done on an injury. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I do take that as a little bit of more precaution of just like, hey, you're going to come with us to Florida just in case. Right. But I also was not there with Don Granado. I have no idea if he was, you know, concerned or anything like that. But should be a fun time, especially now with the Sabers. They win, at least for right now. They're they're winning three in a row. Got a two game road trip coming up tonight against Florida and then Tampa Bay on Thursday. That's going to do it for me and Sal today. Sal will be back on tomorrow starting at 10 o'clock. But coming up next, Sabres Live as we get ready for tonight's matchup against the Florida Panthers. You're listening to WGR. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.